So like last week we talked about uh, AI, right? Mm-hmm. Our wish list is our wish list for AI, right? And you just want AI to do stuff for you without you having to do shit. Yeah, like remove things without you actually having to press the button, right? Which would be awesome. And fast forward a week later, it happened. Yeah. Two weeks later. Our wish has come true. We manifested it. <laughs> so what, are you gonna, what should we manifest next? What's, what's, what's on your bucket list? What's on your... Just money tree? Yeah, I'm going to say that. <laughs> Money's not... Money's we not wake up and there's a money tree in our backyard. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that was pretty cool. Did you guys do anything cool? I with, did. With this AI? I uh, took a picture of my friend Moses. I added uh, an afro... <laughs> I, I, I don't know. If that's I, I why gave him a, a nice mustache, a saxophone in his hand, just yeah. to test it out. I think everyone just took the like, went and had yeah. like fun with it, and mm-hmm. went a little like creative, seeing all the wacky things they can do. And but people, people went pretty crazy. Yeah. The whole industry. <laughs> I, didn't, oh I didn't do anything silly with it. I did a Renaissance method with one of my images, and I just told it to fill in the blanks. I'm I'm obviously way more boring than you guys. You are. did what it was intended for, but right. see, <laughs> you did the wacky things like. Years ago, with like the hard way, manual with Photoshop. Yep. Yeah, like I used to replace like bouquets with kittens, like airborne nice. kittens and stuff. <laughs> that was pretty funny. It actually got me got me my like my fifteen minutes of fame. You know, yeah, like went uh, very viral. Right? Yeah, I went viral for that. <laughs> and that, and that took you about approximately how long to do Five that minutes. in Photoshop? Now it'll take you seconds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to do anything. So, but so, it does cool stuff now. Like like. Removing someone holding your light stand or just yeah, expanding the anyone. scenery. Mm-hmm. Like some videos that I've seen that people have done that the way it should be used for. So it's yep. pretty cool to see how it'll cut yeah. back on the work. And I noticed when we were shooting in Central Park on Saturday morning, like people walking by. You're crazy. Dogs. Saturday morning, you're asking for it. Well, no, it was like 7 enough, in the morning. Yeah, if you go early so enough, it was good until like yeah. 8 a.m. But yep. like people started walking by. And I was like, you know what? It's okay, we'll fix it later with the new AI. AI will take care of all these people. You know, you know, uh, there's a secret. Uh, I don't know if many people know about this, but in Central Park, nine o'clock, that's when the Chinatown buses arrive. All the tourists arrive. Oh, the tourists are back in full force. I'm 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 always on my way out by nine a.m. Yeah, Yeah, just saying, nine o'clock. That's when my people show up with the selfie sticks. (laughs) It's usually bad in the spring with the cherry blossoms and stuff, but like I've never seen like busloads. No. Yeah, they come at nine, and then, like, and then the bubble yeah. guy shows up around eight, I think. Oh, and yeah. And the violin, or is it a violin player, or is he's he a guitarist? Always he's always there. He's like there. when we're there, at seven. He doesn't leave. He's there twenty four seven. Yeah, yeah. He gets there early. I've never beat that guy. That's like, like his spot. Yep. He's always in our yeah. photos. Yeah. yeah. And the bubble guy, you got to tip him too. You guys, you guys ever run into the bubble guy? No, it's I don't use years. him because of that. I'm just like everybody does that picture. Like I'm not gonna pay him. Yeah, he's just gone. He doesn't get there till after we leave, so we don't really ever see him. Yeah. Did you guys do anything fun for a Memorial Day weekend? Yes. What'd you guys do? We had no weddings <laughs> for the first time in like six years yeah. so we hung out you guys got to open your pool right we went mm-hmm. in our pool yesterday made pizza that's Pizzas. the goal get that pool body ready yes it's, it's ready it's ready yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it had the one piece on it was like that's it we're just that's awesome. going with it mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> what did you guys do this weekend my second shot for the one and only we worked Harris effing Lau. I was the second shooter. You don't you don't want Ben Lau as a second shooter. <laughs> I am the, the worst. The worst. <laughs> I am the worst. Officially I the lost, worst. I lost all inspiration as soon as you started talking. Oh, let's go over there. How about that tree? Go, 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 move. Go over there. I'm like <laughs> it's Ben effing Lau. So Ben yep. can't let go when he's a second no, shooter. No. What are you listen, she's not even paying me. Right? So, like, she should be thankful I and grateful. I worked for you for, like, over 10 years. <laughs> what, what do I have? You didn't work. cash for, it in right now. You didn't work. What do I have? 
You didn't work for me. You worked with me. Right. Sure. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> what? So he just like micromanages? No, I thought I was pretty laid back. I didn't really. Right. Uh huh. <laughs> Everywhere. You know, you got Ben Effing Lau as your second shooter. You know, what else do you want? And you get him for free, Karis. Take the plane. <laughs> I have to feed him. <laughs> the venue fed him. He didn't eat cookies nonstop there. Oh, yeah, you are the <laughs> snack person. Don't you bring all the snacks for you guys on wedding I bring days? all the snacks. He eats all my snacks. I bring <laughs> The cookies were pretty good. He eats them. But yeah, at the venue, they had, um, I don't know, they ordered it or they had cookies. Like, they had food just laid out all day. Um, yeah, nonstop. He's like, oh, my God, these are good. Like, nonstop eating cookies. Like, he must have ate, like, Ten? No, no, no. Three. Yeah. I had three. No, you had more than three. <laughs> ben Lau's missing eating cookies. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Uh, but I, yeah, this weekend I was definitely not focused AF. You see yeah. what I did? I see what you did. <laughs> I'm focused AF. And I'm okay. focused AF. We didn't talk about what the… Oh, yeah. The, the, the drink, drink of the day. A drink of today. Oh. Right, I guess we have to rewind a little bit. All he's, right, so. he's definitely not focused AF. <laughs> yeah, I'm not focused AF. All right, so uh, today we are enjoying some pina coladas. Yes. A special request of the guest. Yes, there's Honor a guest today. today. We have a guest, a very, very special guest today. And um, yeah, she requested some pina coladas. She, she, she was still on vacation but when she got back from Mexico. Ooh. And I asked her, what, what do you Good want choice. to and, Good uh, choice. Mexico's fun. Pina coladas. Mm, love it. Yeah. Awesome. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't blend these, but hopefully you guys will find these acceptable. <laughs> <laughs> They're very good. <laughs> They're not the pina colada she probably had in Mexico. Okay. I definitely would have preferred a frozen pina colada. <laughs> so I'm the, I'm the only one that's not drinking? Well, you said you didn't want so any. So I am the only one that's focused AF? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. All right, I see what you did there. Very smooth. <laughs> very smooth. <laughs> All right, so uh, guys, welcome to the Focus Day of Podcast. My name is Ben. I'm Jen. This is Ro. This is Karis. <laughs> and we have a very <laughs> special what? guest today. <laughs> <laughs> Why is the order always changing? <laughs> yeah, something changed. Did it, it change? Was Jen. Yeah, it was oh. Jen, you, me, and Ben. And oh. Ben, why oh, would you go? It's okay. I like this little blooper here. Always. <laughs> always. <laughs> Keep it in there. Always. She, today, okay. we have a very, very special guest <laughs> joining us today. It's the one and only... Emily Rashad. Am I pronouncing that right? You are. I'm <laughs> impressed. Yay! I definitely would have butchered your last name. <laughs> so thankfully it was Ben introducing you. She is a, uh, if you guys don't know her, uh, Emily is a social media uh, expert. Uh, she's also a blogger. Um, she does this for, um, I think, not just wedding creators, just for everyone. Anyone who needs help in this. Creative small business owners, primarily wedding industry professionals, but... Mm. <laughs> I break out of the wedding industry every so often. <laughs> so, uh, did you do anything exciting this weekend? Uh, um, I went to visit my grandma, uh -huh. and that's exciting. She's 94, but she's like wow. so fun. Um, awesome. So, we hung out with her, drank, you know, some champagne. Ooh, okay, grandma. Go ahead, grandma. <laughs> grandma loves, my grandma loves some champagne. My grandma, it's fireball season's coming to an end, you know, so now we're moving on to the, the summer <laughs> champagne. And uh, yeah, come over to the podcast. Yeah, <laughs> honestly, you should. You really should. And uh, yeah, so hung out, hung out at her house for the weekend, and just you know enjoyed a relaxing weekend. Nice. I love that. I love That's that. Fun. I love it. What is your title exactly? How do you describe your, you know, what you do? And because I don't know if I'm, I'm doing a fair job explaining 
No, you're doing a great job. It (laughs) evolves all the time. So I'm still, you know, working on the intro for myself. Um, But yeah, social media manager, content writer for creative small business owners. Um, Technically business owner. I have an LLC in my own name. So it feels a little redundant to be like Emily Rochat, founder of Emily Rochat LLC. (laughs) Um, But that's that's what it is. That's the truth of the matter. So if you want to call me business owner, entrepreneur, I don't know, expert sounded great. I'll roll with that. You want to call me an expert? Sure, I'll take it. Love it. Introduce me more. Social more. media, Say social more. media strategist. Uh, you How know. many words person you should hire? expert. And and how did you fall into this this line of work? Uh, great question. Um, it started. Um, probably when I had an internship in college. So in college, I was marketing manager. I was going to go into advertising, um, and then I had an internship at the Knot. Um, oh, the Knot. I had an internship at the Knot um, in their PR department, but I liked the content that they were putting out, and I was like, "Oh, maybe I, you know, want to do some writing." But then also at that point, I was planning a lot of events on campus in college, and so I was like, "Maybe I want to do wedding planning." Um, I wasn't sure. The wedding planning, that never happened. I was like, I want my weekends. So that that one went away quickly. But um, I took a journalism class. It was my, I was going into my last semester in college after I had had this internship. So I was like, I have to do a big pivot in, in a short amount of time. So I took an online journalism class, which got me acclimated to WordPress and everything. And I um, interned for How They Asked. It's an engagement and proposal mm-hmm. site. And from there, um, that became my first job after college. Um, and so I was starting to, like, I wasn't planning to freelance after college. It's kind of just what happened. And so then I started doing more freelance writing. And then I was working with a lot of wedding publications that had small teams. So I was doing the content writing, but I was also doing the social media management. I'd write the, the post and I would promote it on all the platforms. So I got acclimated to all the sides, which helped me um, just kind of grow from there. And I just, the wedding industry stuck and I Never left. So it was not the it was not the intention when I was graduating college, but it's it's what happened, and I and I love it. So I don't want to leave. Nice. Yeah, we, we love these accidental success stories. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. like for all four of us, you know, this line of work that we kind of fell into all happened by accident. Like Bob Ross, happy little accidents. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we don't know how we got here, but we're happy that we're here. <laughs> we're happy little trees. <laughs> Happy little trees, uh, happy little money trees. (laughs) (laughs) What kept you uh, in the wedding world? Like, what did you love about it? Yeah, I mean, I think I liked that people were happy for the for the most part, you know. Um, And then I think I think also, you know, from a practical business perspective, like people are always getting married. The industry will always be here. Um, and it was just where I was continuing to gain knowledge and understanding and, you know, wedding trends and, and what wedding professionals were looking for. And so it's kind of what I focus on, but also the social media and writing practices apply outside of that. So I work with people that are outside of the wedding industry, but mainly also in a creative way. I imagine you're, you're, you're writing for these companies, these brands, right? So like, I imagine uh, you're not, you, you probably have to write it in their voice, right? Mm-hmm. So how does that process look like? Like, you know, because you have, you know, like for instance, uh, Jay and our photo and Ben Lau and Karis Lau, we all have different voices. We have different audiences that we serve, right? So how does that process look like if you have to write 
content for different brands with different voices and different audiences. Yeah. How's that process look? What like? does that process look like for me or for the person that's that's outsourcing me? It's a, it's a two it's a two way street. I mean, for me, it it looks like getting acclimated with the content they currently have, talking to them, reading their social media content, and and asking them to identify you know what they feel like best looks like them and their writing and and their work. You know now. With AI, maybe a little bit trickier because if they're not using their own voice, you know, we have to identify it's how a robot's we can, voice. Yeah, <laughs> how we can, you know, I just put out a, an outsourcing guide recently for people who are thinking about outsourcing to kind of work through their own understanding of their brand. Because a lot of times, you know, people will be like, here's my brand guide and this will help you. But it's their color codes and stuff, which is incredibly helpful. But, I, you know, I want to, right, from a visual yeah. aspect, but I want to know, you know, how do you start your emails? How do you sign your emails? Mm. What emojis are you using in your social media comments? You know, are these like, are these words that I'm going to hear you say, or are these words I'm never going to hear you say? And so really a lot of work needs to go into it before you outsource. I think a lot of times people are like, oh, I'm hiring a professional. They're the professional. They can do it. And we can, but we we need your help before we can really Is, is this the it's voice. slapping emoji, this one? <laughs> High five? Prayer hands? Oh, Prayer that's hands? A, it's slapping emoji. <laughs> Fire emoji, one? fireball emoji, and it's slapping. Is that's, that, what the, that's what the that's what the that's what the Gen Z folks are, are saying these days, right? It's slapping. <laughs> See, and that's what you when you hire someone else, they should never write that for you because Ben Lau never says those words. <laughs> right, exactly. And I think you know, even things that, that seem as small as emojis, they have different meanings to different generations. And working yeah. with clients of different generations, they'll be like, "I use this," but I'm trying to attract this generation. I had a client one time, and she was like, she loved the prayer hand emoji, and I was like, "That is not the context that, that your <laughs> audience thinks that it is." Um, so. It's it's, you know, just trying to understand who you're reaching. And sometimes people don't have that nailed down. Their ideal client avatar is really just, you know, I'm trying to reach women of this age in this location. And there's so much more to it. Mm -hmm. You're telling me this is not the chocolate ice cream soft serve emoji. I mean, the emoji dictionary would like to make you believe that. But uh, I mean, technically, the little hair flip emoji is not a hair flip, but it's a hair flip. <laughs> Wait, what is it technically? I think... I want to say it was like something like kind of office job or something. It was like oh. they were presenting something. If I remember correctly, oh. it definitely wasn't a hair flip, and oh. that was what I took away. I was like, oh, see, <laughs> so like, there's context for, for all these emojis yeah. and right. the things you say, right. and you it have can a be misconstrued. Title, like, emoji, you know, like yeah. what it is. Yeah, like interesting. <laughs> hair flip. Oh. You, don't, you don't feel old. Before now you feel old. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, what you're saying is true because like we we outsource. Well, we tried to outsource last year for like three months, and after a while, I realized it just wasn't working. Like no, yeah, not speaking in our words, not being never was not that like discovery of like talking to each other and figuring out how we talk, and then like it was very generic. Yeah, a lot of the reels like are like GPT. It's yeah. very generic. Yeah. yeah. So know. after a while, I just took it back in my hands, and I think. And it wasn't cheap either. It, no, so it was we, not. we were hoping it would have worked out because it was a good investment, but it didn't work out. No. At some point, we just took it back in our hands. And I think that was helpful too because I took the time to invest in like figuring out how to do things appropriately and do things in my voice, and that helped have like our clients be more relatable to us and have that more authenticity. Um, yeah, authenticity is super key. Mm -hmm. For sure. So how do you how do you aside from like outsourcing? What do you recommend for photographers to generate the content for themselves? Yeah, I mean, even if you are outsourcing, I think the biggest thing is managing your own engagement. That seems to be a mm. thing that people want to outsource. They're like, I'm going to pay you for like 15 minutes a day, but that's really where I 
recommend that people keep it in-house always because mm-hmm. you want to, that's where it's most authentic. And also, personal. yeah, especially if you're starting a conversation, mm-hmm. especially people who outsource like DM management and now a potential client is, is talking to you in the DMs and then they hire you and they're like that, you know, no matter how good the person you outsource to is, they're not you and they're not there. So they start this relationship as you and it's, and it's not. So always you're managing your own engagement and just building those relationships, but then Back to your question, you said, how do you... Um, I guess generate the content. Content on your yeah. own? On, yeah. The easiest place to start, if you're, like, really strapped on time, is to go through, you know, the, the photos that you're sending as your, like, peak gallery. Like, I've worked with clients who will be like, these are all... These are, like, the best of my best of my images. And then I would use those, and they'd be like, I still don't like them. So I think part of it is really, like, understanding what represents you, but then also, mm-hmm. you know, identifying what is going to give a cohesive portfolio. So as you're editing, you're like, I want to shoot more. It's it's beyond, I want to shoot more weddings like this, but I want to shoot more details like this. And I want to, I, I want this for my portfolio and less, this is going to get really great engagement. Cause I working with photographers, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, I really like this detail shot and detail shots don't perform as well typically as content with people's faces in them. But sometimes you have to, you have to forego the engagement for the sake of building your portfolio. Because if I come to your Instagram and I'm ready to hire you, it's like, great, you can shoot the couples beautifully and and all of your work with faces in it is great. But I also want you to shoot all this other stuff. So kind of making sure that you are really representing everything that you shoot and just kind of organizing that in a folder, regardless of whether you plan to outsource or not, when and if the day comes when you're like, I'm outsourcing this, none of your stuff is organized. Mm -hmm. It makes your life hard. It makes you not want to outsource. It makes our lives hard. So as you go, outsourcing or um, excuse me organizing the best content that you plan to use on social media regardless of whether you're working with somebody or not will help you also keep track of you know what you're posting because you may not realize oh I you know thought I had a, a wide array of content but I I don't I'm mm-hmm. posting faces all the time so yeah. you talk about like sharing a wide variety of content right so let's say you have details and portraits and candidates and stuff like that right but do all of those have to be the, the featured image for that post? Or can you just put all of that into one carousel? Do you think that'll do the same job just as well? Or should it be the featured image for that carousel? Um, I think it shouldn't from the perspective that if I'm coming to your feed and I'm like quickly scrolling through your feed to just kind of vet you and like check out your portfolio, if your best image is on the front, and by best I mean highest engaging best, then I'm not going to see those detailed shots. Mm. In a carousel post... If I scroll past this and I, I don't like your first image, Instagram's going to feed it again with the second image and then the third. Oh, they do that? They do, yeah. 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 No, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, we learned I, something new today, guys. Yeah. So, <laughs> I, good, that's I, what I, I want. I've been, uh, been noticing that like it'll start off on like a second or third image and I'll have the to scrolling. go back. Like the carousel. Yeah, the yeah. Carousel. and yeah. I always go back because I, I, I'm crazy oh like God, that. I, I, I want to yeah, start yeah, from yeah. the yeah, first image. Yeah. <laughs> so, I put it there for a reason. So you will get another chance typically to show to show that content so it's really about in my opinion putting the best image of that gallery that showcases your work as the cover because um, that's what's going to pop up to them first but that's what's going to be on their feed when they come yep, so I could potentially put a detail shot as the second photo just in case yeah of course yeah. Mm-hmm. Instead of instead of starting off with a detail shot, yeah, is is that what you like? You like shooting details? I don't shoot details that much. <laughs> I don't do the flat lays. But if you feel that your de- whatever detail shot you are you shot, you shot. <laughs> <laughs> so 
if you feel that your detail shot is like bomb, bomb, <laughs> like fire, yeah. then um, slapping. It's slapping. Like, like, like slapping. One, fire, yeah. fire emoji. Yeah. 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 Fire emoji. You know. Um, once I sh- I did a Instagram reel with like you know motion blur uh, reception decor with cups and flowers. And I created a reel, and that was my um, first image. And Instagram instantly like, oh, oh my gosh, you are trendsetter! Like, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Well, she is. She's Karis effing yeah. Wow, silver award I, winner. I am, but. That's, that's the way I have to address her when I'm home. It's Karis effing Wow, silver award right. winner. Uh huh. Yeah. Do, sure. do you ever come across? Because here's a problem with wedding photographers. We love certain images. We want. That's what we want to post. But there's no. It's like our favorite. It's our wow image, mm. but it is only to us mm. or other photographers, but doesn't speak to a couple or clientele. Your audience. Your audience. Yeah. yeah. And I guess for as a, someone who manages for other people, how are, do you, are you manage it? No. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, emotional attachment. <laughs> you keep you showing the same shit over and over again, bro. <laughs> emotional damage. Emotional damage. I come from it from a strategic perspective, right? Like, I would much rather put a photo that tells a story that someone could connect to, other as opposed to like a more dramatic. OCF lit shot that might do well but it's like eh it's okay like how do you manage photographers like that or working with people like that who think they they're I don't they know, know best. they can't let go great question you're, you're, you're about to uh, prevent a divorce from happening <laughs> I, depending, on, I, depending I, on how you answer this Emily choose your words choose your words very carefully um, I think <laughs> who gets the pool this summer <laughs> <laughs> who's sleeping in the pool house no pressure oh boy um you're right. I do encounter that. I I mean, everyone is their own critic of like their harshest critic of their own work. I think when people, I'm, I'm nervous now. I'm nervous. <laughs> it's fine. When people are hiring photographers for their wedding, a lot of times they've never hired a photographer. And so it's, you know, they're going with what they like and they aren't going to be like this very specific styled shot that was shot in this light. Some people are and that mm-hmm. you're reaching those people, but it, it's not just about, you know, putting that like best image from every gallery, but that is important. Thinking about beyond just like, this is my best like photography work. Like what Mm -hmm. is also like, what are people looking for in addition to that? They want to make sure that, you know, their family, they're going to have shots of their family that they're going to have forever. Even after that family member's gone, they want to make sure that, you know, they can see their friends looking happy. They want to remember the details that they might forget if they don't have the photos. So making sure that you are really, encompassing everything even if you're like this isn't my best photo like that like the cake may not be your best photo from the whole wedding but pick which one is the best photo of that cake because people people like those photos cake photos get great engagement so basically you should, basically what she's saying i think if i'm saying this if i'm if, if i'm understanding it correctly you know you sh- she said this already like just show a, ni- a wider variety a broader range yeah mm-hmm. a broader range yeah. because the thing is if you're just showing portraits at every single every every single header image for your entire feed is a couple's portrait in the same pose even though it's a great picture mm-hmm. it's basically the same song and dance just different backdrop different couple right yeah. it doesn't really show the strength and breadth and depth of what you're able to do for the clients. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And and you want to make sure that you have a variety because if you're picking your top image of every wedding, 
then you're also probably picking that top image for your website. And now if I come to your website same from your thing. Instagram or vice versa, it's the same. And I, you know, now I'm like, oh, maybe mm. you actually don't shoot that well because you only have you're a, a very small, yeah. yeah, you only have a very small amount of images that you think are good enough to show the people mm-hmm. to hire mm-hmm. you. So, you know, I would make sure that you really are not being as hard on, on yourself about what images you're choosing because people are hiring you for all of your shots. Please don't get divorced. I think it's really I think we, we already crossed that road years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was more of a battle years ago and then we just sort of learned as a husband wants to kind of stay in your lane. You find your like, lane, you stay in it. You stay in yeah, your lane, like yeah. I, I would go on Instagram and i just see what Jen posted and I'll look at her like you're watering down our brand. <laughs> yeah, that was his favorite line, watering down our brand. <laughs> Why would you post this? <laughs> okay. Yeah. That's, that's how I feel when the client sneaks a photo in that they like don't oh. tell you about. I'm like, oh, oh. We curated something and we just Guys, let me, tell you, let me tell you something. Like for a while, I was managing my own social media, right? And I would get like, I don't know, 50 likes or whatever, right? It's not, not a high engagement. But then every now and then, Karen's would pop in there put out some like really some obscure photo of something silly something stupid right and it'll get like 200 likes i'm like what the fuck did, what happened like i don't know like because i she's know she's something loud she's, <laughs> she's a trendsetter <laughs> but then that also goes to like what we experienced too or i think brands in general now they everyone see likes you. see your work but they want mm-hmm. to see you mm-hmm. like Thank who's you. behind the camera? Yeah. Yes. Who's behind the, and I, I keep telling so many of our friends yes, like you yes. need to put yourself out there your work is great but mm-hmm. The new generation wants to know the people behind the, the camera. People by you. Yep. Yeah. Yep. The yeah. You are the brand. The story yep. of you. Because mm-hmm. pretty, I, and I say, and I preach this all the time, you know, pretty pictures at cheap prices or even at fair or reasonable prices, you can find that anywhere. Talent, like, especially in our market, northern New Jersey and New York City, it's dripping wet. Mm-hmm. Super saturated with talent. Mm-hmm. Amazing talent. And it's affordable too. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, like, you're competing against that. Yeah. You know, and what makes you different? You. You. Mm-hmm. You are what's different. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I hear a lot now from people about like they're specific, and they'll tell us specifically they're booking the vendors that they book because they they can connect with them, they know who they are, or like they just they're picking vendors specifically that they'll work well with on the wedding day. And it hasn't been so much about the product. Maybe I mean they love our yep. images as well, but they're saying like I've picked this videographer because he answered my email in an hour or was very you know communicative with us or the venue because the staff was great on our tour. And it's more of like, they want a more of experience. Exactly. Yeah. That's why I think with video content, especially like, especially with things like TikTok, I'm like, you just need to show up. Uh, (laughs) I saw that face. You need to show up because people are, it's about the relationship. Like your work can be great. But if I find you a miserable person to be around, like, I don't want you at like this very happy day in my life because I don't. I don't get along so with you, you. But you, we, we talked earlier about authenticity, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But like what if, you know, dancing in front of a camera pointing at words doesn't feel authentic You don't to have us. to do that. <laughs> you don't have to do that. The dancing thing is out. You never have to dance ever. No, it's just about, I oh think it's, the video is really <laughs> about <God>. like, <laughs> that might water down your brand. So you don't want to do that. Um, it's really about providing something that people can take away. So what I really see with wedding professionals that are doing video content, TikTok especially, but also reels, like the, the content that's performing the best is people who literally just like sit down with their phone and like share a tip or answer a question because people... People don't know. People have most likely haven't planned their wedding before, or if they have, it's been a while since they did it last. And a lot of times you might be your first friend getting married and you're like, who do I even ask? And all I have are these these professionals to rely on. So it's just about, that's where the relationship starts. And then also showing up 
with pictures and video of yourself on your feed. I know some people are like, this ruins my Instagram feed because it doesn't, you know, match the aesthetic that I'm going for. But you have to show up. You have to be yourself. It helps your engagement. Posts of mm-hmm. you are going to skyrocket in engagement. And I call mm-hmm. it, I call it the 70-year-old man test. Like if I come to your Instagram, like how long do I have to scroll before I can determine that you're not a 70-year-old man? Mm-hmm. Ah. Or if you are and you're listening to this, pick a different age, pick a different age, <laughs> whatever, whatever works. Yeah. But, you know, for some people, it's a long time. And I really shouldn't have to scroll back, like, beyond that first, like, 9 or 12 mm. grid to know, right. like, who you who you are, especially if you're not using your face in your profile photo. Mm. I mean, mm. you should be, but, you know, it's if you have a big company or something, it's, it's difficult. So who am I getting? Who am I working with? Don't hide yourself. Some people want to hide themselves. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. just someone— I know he's a af- well. This person's afraid that their age might deter uh, younger clients, mm. so this person doesn't like to show themselves on social media. You gotta stop talking about Blake from Brooklyn. <laughs> <Dallas>. <laughs> <laughs> so it, I, I guess like just just like why hide yourself? Well, whatever age you are, I think you should just be yourself. Like like what you just said. I feel like no matter the age, if they can find something to connect with you, they're gonna connect with you anyway. Right. So- and that's, if you're worried about your age, I mean, that's also where it's important to show your work because who cares how old you are if this is the work mm-hmm. that I'm getting. Exactly. 100%. People just care. I think the clients, yes, they do care about the the person behind the brand, but they, they, what they yeah. really care about is like your work. Can you produce the work that you're showing? Can we trust you that you're going to produce this work? You know, that's that's really yeah. it, I think. There's nothing wrong with being a 70-year-old man on Instagram. No. FYI, I'm just no. saying. I just, <laughs> oh, I if that's what you are, I want to know. We know right away for you Now, I have a question for you. So let's say... Um, I mean, TikTok, I know it's been around for a little while, actually a long while, right? So let's say there's someone who's just getting started with TikTok, who's just producing video content, right? They don't really have an audience there. And you're just producing content. How do you oh start? Oh my God, are we going to see Ben Lowe like, on yeah. TikTok? <laughs> Dancing? <laughs> and pointing at words? <laughs> Please. Uh, so if, uh, if, if someone were to just get started with that, right? They just started producing content. How do they start building an audience on that platform? Yeah, so it's... Like I said, it's about providing value. So what I usually recommend when we're trying to come up with content ideas and what we're going to do, I ask people to sit down and write down their five most frequently asked questions and then the five questions that they wish that their clients were asking to make the process easier. So maybe people are asking you, you know, what time of day is best to shoot, but you also wish they were asking you like what to wear because sometimes they show up and you're like, this is not going to photograph well. So writing down those questions and then each one being its own video, you already have 10 videos. And really it just is a matter of sitting down with your phone and filming yourself and not, not worrying about, you know, what you're wearing or, or, you know, some people put it off for so long. Oh, I don't have a ring light. Oh, I don't have a camera. I don't have this. I don't have that. But like, (laughs) exactly, exactly. And the thing is, is like, People don't care how you look if you if you give them value. They're looking for the value. They don't care what you look like. They're not judging you as harshly as they're judging yourself. So, you know, if you're going to get started, it's just about committing to it. I find, especially with TikTok, because people think if it didn't go viral, it didn't do well, which is not the case at all. People are like, oh, I'm going to, you know, make 10 videos and I'm going to call it a day. Same thing when they outsource social media. They give it like a month or two and they're like, this didn't work. And it's like with anything, especially if you're outsourcing like six months minimum, is going to take to see results. TikTok, mm-hmm. you can't just throw it away and you can't you can't just like expect it to take off overnight, but also making sure that you're making content that can be recycled. People get burnt out so fast because they're like, I have to make these TikTok videos and I have to make this Instagram content and Pinterest and, oh and all of these God. things. This so much. But it's like- <laughs> My head can, hurts. Right, but we can just recycle. We can just recycle it. That's why I always try to tell people to film outside the app as much as you can. So mm-hmm. You have that content you and can you can use it. You repurpose it for the different platforms. Yeah. Right. 
but uh, but that's just on the uh, content creation side, right? So how do we distribute it so that we can grow an audience? I mean, how how do people find our content if you're just like a nobody, just who just started? Um, for TikTok specifically, it's about hashtags. It's about putting, um, making sure all your videos have captioning because TikTok's picking up on those words, but especially the words that you add to the screen. So there's auto captioning, but the text that you're adding to the screen, they're picking up on that from Instagram. Oh, there's they're, an algorithm looking through the keywords. Right. Through the keywords it's the same thing with Instagram. They're really picking up on keywords more. So making sure you're still using hashtags, but they're picking up on keywords in your caption. They're picking up, you know, Instagram's picking up the keywords in your in your title. For me, it's like if my handle says Emily Rose Shot, I don't need to say that again necessarily in my title. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure I have keywords in there, like social media manager. So mm -hmm. making sure for photographers that you're putting like where you shoot, um, same thing with your TikTok bio, like, you know, where you shoot, where you're located, um, and what kind of style of photography it is that you do. Um, so that's a good way. And then engagement, you know, you can't expect people to come and like your stuff and follow you if you're not doing it back. So going and looking for people, you can train the TikTok algorithm pretty quickly to know yeah. what you're looking for, and it will feed you videos of, of clients that you're looking for. So don't, you know, if you're really looking to have clients delivered to your feed to like and engage, don't use TikTok to you know watch videos of dogs you know, and interact with all that content. <laughs> Actually, yeah. I love I, I well I love I, I love that uh, thought process as well because you know um, with a lot of my students I tell them listen you know you guys have to really engage in that social aspect of social media mm -hmm. you know a lot of people I feel like sometimes they're just putting out content and waiting for the fish to come mm -hmm. but the thing is they're not. Not necessarily just returning a favor, but like they're not engaging with other people's stuff. It's the same way of having a website with just pretty images, right? Exactly you, what it yeah, is. Yeah, that's all you're doing, right? You're like you're just waiting for people to come to you. But the thing is, if you want people, like if you want love, sometimes you got to give love first. Yeah. Right. If you want attention, sometimes you have to give attention first, and and that's free for you to give. You know. So it sounds like with TikTok, it would probably fall into that same kind of. Uh, strategy, I guess, like go out and engage with others on TikTok, right? Yeah. And get that. Yeah. And then once people start asking you questions in the comments, you can use those questions um, in your video. It'll mm -hmm. pop up with a little box of the question. So responding to people that way, they're giving you free content. You're giving them free answers. It's everybody wins. Um, so using what people are asking you to really just serve people. And because I see on TikTok, especially so many couples are making videos after their wedding. And so people are getting all their wedding planning advice from them, which is great. It's very helpful. But you have a business. You want to make money get it, giving that information. So it would be helpful to get it from you because at the end of the day, if you're not there, your competitor is there. And they're going to they're gonna find them instead. Or they're going to find a couple who, you know, has only planned their own wedding. And that's just one perspective. Yeah. I think wedding talk is like a huge, like, mm -hmm. it's, it's a very weird world of like just vendors, people planning their wedding. They'll take you through the entire wedding process on these short, like, five second mm -hmm. clips and they just go viral and people will rack up thousands of followers just, mm -hmm. just on weddings. I mean, which is great. But I think us as photographers, we don't know how to leverage that yet. Mm -hmm. Or just the one to put in the work to leverage yeah. it. I think the other thing that I, <laughs> I think the other thing that I'm scared about is like, you know, I always, I always hear on the news that, TikTok's always days away or weeks away from being canceled and like taken off the app, taken out of the app store <laughs> for like, you know, spying on their users and stuff. I'm like, you know, I'm going to put on this, all this effort into building an audience and putting out all this content. You know, I don't want it taken away from me, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes, I hear you. I look at that a different way in that if the app disappeared tomorrow, you know, in Montana, they're saying January it'll go away. Mm-hmm. There's so much that you can do between now and January. And there's so many, even if it disappeared next week Something and I told you, like, you could reach a thousand people by next week, mm-hmm. you know, with one video, like, are you going to say, like, no, I don't care about those thousand we, people. We can open up a studio in China. <laughs> It'll still be active in China. We can open up photo studios in China. You guys are gonna have to learn Chinese. Teach I gotta, I gotta learn Chinese. <laughs> but that's where the repurposing comes in, really. Yeah. Because if if I film these TikTok videos and TikTok goes away, then I can just you know post You'll them on have it. Reels. And yeah. TikTok may go away, but the next thing is gonna replace it. Mm-hmm. So you know, you just you need to make the content. The yeah. Content needs to exist. So you're saying don't use the TikTok videos in your Instagram Reels. I'm, <laughs> I'm not saying no. What I'm saying is remove the watermark. There are plenty of third-party apps to do that. Mm-hmm. Ideally, film outside the app so you have that that native video that can go wherever and you can edit it however you want for each thing. But yeah, please stop downloading your TikToks and just popping them on right, Instagram with the, re- with the watermark. I'm sending with reels. <laughs> Take the real watermark off. Yeah. Can TikTok still tell that the video was created in Instagram? Because I, I, know. I use Instagram templates a lot because mm-hmm. they're a lifesaver and the time is just like, I can make a reel in like 20 minutes or less. And I've noticed, and I didn't learn until recently to remove the watermark. So our, our videos would get like 200 maybe when I had the watermark. And then I learned how to remove the watermark and I'm still like below that range, around that range. I'm like, they probably know that I made this in on the Instagram, Instagram. If you kept over. words on it, for sure, because, <laughs> the, okay, so then that that helps. Um, and without the watermark, that also helps. And, you know, if you're going into TikTok and adding TikTok-specific features like text and things, that's helping too. You know, each app just, like, wants you to spend all your time with them, mm-hmm. and they don't like when you yeah. step outside. So when I'm thinking maybe I'll just them. download it right away from Instagram without the text and then just redo the text in TikTok. Are you talking about oh. reels or stories? Uh, reels. reels. You know, I do my reels through Final Cut, like, uh, like through a third party app, and then I upload it directly into Instagram. Yeah, I make all my stuff. I, I make so I make all my and I get you know, depending on how good good the gallery is, yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. or, and how popular the actual Fixer, the couple is. Fixer is really good for. Um, I use Fixer for. I'll, like, I'll get good engagement. Yeah, uh, you know, thousand, two thousand. Yeah, it's good. Uh, it's good for me on Instagram. But what I'm saying is, like, when I make it on Instagram and then take it over to TikTok. TikTok could know well, that I made it. You're still way ahead of me. I don't. Yeah, I mean, you have I have a TikTok. I have, yeah, I have a TikTok account. I think it's got oh. two videos in it. I think that's. It. <laughs> For now. Are there two videos of you dancing? <laughs> <laughs> that's why I'm not viral. <laughs> you have so much content from your monthly, your weekly lives Even, that you can. Well, right now I, I'm outsourcing TikTok. I, uh, I outsourced that, so I gave him the videos, and I was like, "Do something with it. See what you got." And then. <laughs> Even his Instagram, Ben doesn't really post. Yeah, he has so much content, but he doesn't. I was like, he's he's too busy on, on Facebook groups. Yeah, <laughs> he's too busy. <laughs> I was like, stopping on Facebook. Guys, I have, I my plates are full. I have so much work. <laughs> Guys, I don't know if you know this, but I'm 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 hosting a conference later this January. Uh, yeah, plenty of time. <laughs> no, I have, and I also uh, have a coaching group, and I, like I have so much stuff that I got to do. So well, I gotta, still, this is your bread and butter. I got to outsource a lot of this stuff. You know, I took on less bookings this year, so that way I can focus on this stuff. And you know what? And everyone, everyone makes fun of me. For, like when I say less bookings, it's like thirty-five. Everyone's, are you kidding me? Thirty-five is like a full calendar. <laughs> it is. But like for me, that's that's it's a lighter load, so I can do all this other stuff. Yeah. So Emily, what advice would you give for us photographers in the 
older generation. We always say we're getting older, but our clients Speak are. Speak for yourself. <laughs> <laughs> our clients are staying the same age. So, and I think that's why a lot of social media has evolved into, I think the younger generation wants more tips. They like more exciting videos. How can us older folk adapt? to the ever-changing generation. Okay, well, you're not old, first of all. <laughs> not the older Why do you guys generation. keep looking at me? <laughs> um, how can you adapt? It's really, it's about staying true to yourself. Like, I think sometimes people, Gen Z especially, they don't want to look at this and be like, oh, they're trying too hard. And that's what I see. People are like, oh, I learned a slang word today. And like, now I got to tell you that this image really <laughs> ain't. Like, you know, so people like don't, don't, don't do that. You know, don't. You have to keep being yourself, and I think it is important to stay up on trends, even if you, you know, hate whatever it is that somebody's doing. Being aware of what a generation is interested in, and and also understanding where you see it. Like I, if I see one more piece of content about the new trend about cutting your hair in between your ceremony and your reception, yeah. like just because that's a trend and people are talking about it, and, and younger generations are doing it, doesn't mean that like you have to be like, I want to shoot this or I have to have this in my portfolio or I'm looking for that. Maybe you are. Maybe you're like, that's really cool and I want to shoot that, but not feeling like you need to adapt to every trend, but understanding them and understanding what people are looking for in a more overall concept, you know, less the very minute trend and more, you know, what people are looking for authenticity. People are looking for quality-minded vendors. People are, you know, looking for this, looking for that. Like the overall trend is, is important and continuing to show show work and just remember that you need to be open to change. People are kind of like, I've always done this and I've done it for this way for 20 years. And so you have to deal with it. And that's fair. You have, you, you are the professional, but also being open to hearing from your clients, like what, what it is that they want in their wedding. Because if you say no to somebody and then every couple comes and they're like, I want this, I want this. Eventually it's like, oh, maybe I, I do need to try that. So going into it with with an open mind and not a, you're not trying to be that generation. You're just trying to understand them. Exactly. And like being I open like to change. Understanding them and not being them. Being open to change. Because I think a lot of us are sticklers to remaining the same way we are and don't understand why things aren't working anymore. Yep. We're all guilty of that. Yeah, I think I think we should all evolve with the times. It's the, the, you know I've come across some veterans in the industry, you know, and and God bless them because if it's not for them, you know, we wouldn't have what we have today. You know, they held the fort down for so many years, right? We have to be grateful for that. However, you know, as as Emily mentioned before, you know, the times do change. You have to evolve your style mm-hmm. a little bit. You know, you can still be true to yourself and be authentic to your message and what you're trying to accomplish, but. You know, I think there's still room for evolution in, in your style and how you approach your business. You can still take care of yourself and, and be authentic to your brand uh, while serving the clients at the same time. You don't, because I think I think why there's sometimes some resistance with the older generation or the folks, the veterans who've been doing this for a while. There's some resistance because they're like, well, well, I don't want to sell out. I don't want to just like just chase the latest trends and whatever's cool at the moment because you know I've been doing this for 30 years. But but also some of the stuff that's trendy is stuff that they did 30 years ago. So they did it at one point. Mm-hmm. So I, I I don't see why some people have that like mentality of like I'm not doing it. You know, mm-hmm. it's something they already did. Mm-hmm. Just just have spot to coloring. polish spot <laughs> coloring, direct flash. You know, <laughs> yeah, the direct flash, the motion blur. That's been around. For forever. Yeah. I think more so too. Like when they were younger, they did what was trending at the time. Cause, I guess because they were like you said, they were more that that was the generation. But now they have to adapt. And like you said, understand the newer generation. And yeah. try to learn to speak to them while being authentic to themselves. Yeah. Because I think that was that, that's a huge struggle for you know some of the folks that have been doing it for a while too. Mm-hmm. You know, they they just don't want to feel like they're selling out to whatever's latest and greatest. Yeah, 
And it's okay to try things. You know, are you opposed to something just because it's new and, and there's fear with new things or are you opposed to it because it's just not what you want? Like I think, you know, there's a big trend on TikTok of like certain trends that you do while you're you're getting ready for your wedding. And, and I'm sure some makeup artists would be like, I want no part of this. Like, let me come do my work and leave. And then others are probably like, well, I just, you know, I'm not used to like stopping my work to film a transition video, but like, sure, let's try it. So it's a matter of, you know, are you just afraid to try it, which is valid. We are all allowed to be afraid of things and still try them and be really great at them. Or are we just like, that's not, you know, part of my brand and I don't want it at all. I think for most is the copying aspect of it. At least for me, that's always been a block for me. Like if I see something that's trendy and I have a couple that ask for it, of course I'll do it. I probably won't show it. Mm -hmm. It's more of like, I also don't want to be the follower. You know, I I would rather you know, maybe put my spin on it if I can. But usually they're asking for you to replicate this exact mm-hmm. scene or shot, mm-hmm. which sometimes the mental aspect of it is like, I don't, I don't want to copy this. Everybody's already doing it. All right. So instead of like, hey, these, these are my Pinterest boards. Well, these are the TikToks I want to try to copy. Yeah. It's this generation's Pinterest board. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? On the lines of ever-evolving technology and things, let's talk. Chat GPT. You had a very emotional response to it. <laughs> I saw. I saw her like kind of shaking a little bit, like a little twitch. I saw. I saw Emily twitching in the corner of my eye. I see Emily twitching over there. I'm not sure if it's a pina colada doing it or you know it triggered so an emotional did a whole response. Yeah, I was last week about how it affects us photographers, but I'd love to hear how things like that affect copywriters and yeah, social media management. I mean, it depends, right? There are always going to be the people that see the value in having a human voice. I and you know. I understand it because you're starting out. You don't have the the money to outsource, and but you need help. There's that fine line between all of the budget, but I really just need another, you know, I need something. And so AI, I understand it. I think you really need to make sure that you take the time and effort into reading it and being like, does this sound like me? It's not like a, let me have this write my social media caption and I post it and like, this is going to help me like throw out the content. While you're doing it, you need to sit down and fully be like, okay, it took me this long to insert all of my wedding details. And it took me this long to have it generate the caption. And it took me this long to have me edit it. And in that time, could I have just written it myself? Hmm. So making sure that you're really like Keeping account of that, because I think the, the thought is, oh, AI is so much quicker. But you have to make sure that it, that it is. Depending on what you're doing, it may be, it may not be. Um, and making sure that it that it sounds like you and that you're editing it well. It's like you guys. I'm sure, you know, some people are like, oh, it's going to take away our jobs. You know, I logged on to LinkedIn the other day, and the first post was this woman who was like, if you haven't been a copywriter for five years, like, you're done. AI has replaced you. Mm. And I was like, that's <laughs> intense and harsh and, and not true. But then other people are like, you know, People either see the value in a human voice or they don't. And if they don't, you can't make them. And, mm-hmm. and AI will be the solution. Mm-hmm. And it can it can help you. You just have to know how to to use it properly. It's a tool. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's a tool. It's a tool. Yep. And you don't have to. Just because it's new doesn't mean you have to like start using ChatGPT to right. write your stuff. The more we put into it, the more that they're learning. Mm-hmm. So we're helping them. I was like, AI is taking over. And I'm like, you're helping it. Same with algorithms. People are like, the TikTok algorithm knows too much. And I'm like, because you told, told it. it. Yeah. You helped it. Yep. I don't think they realize it's a form of AI itself. Yeah. No. So we've been training all these tools for years now. Yes. Right? Are you guys using ChatGPT? I used it one time. To make a blog post. Yeah. And then I just tweaked it all myself because it was like, Use very like a magical, mystical wedding words, and I was like, yeah. "That's not. Whimsical, I don't talk whimsical, like. Right? I don't use words like that. E- e- ephemeral emotions. Uh, <laughs> I was like, 
this is useless. (laughs) (laughs) But I hear people use it for like very weird and like you can use it for like way more advanced things. I didn't know it was possible. You can write essays, whole term papers. Not even, you can just have it like create a menu for you. Like if you have like friends come over for dinner. Yeah, you can create a pricing packaging for your pricing collection. Yeah, you can do travel itineraries, all of it. See, those are useful things that I never thought of but it does way more than what you well, think it does. Well, now I'm going to go home and create a bunch of travel itineraries. <laughs> Next travel. <laughs> I wonder if ChatGPT can like do like dad jokes or like pick up lines. Oh, sure. Oh, oh, yeah. oh, 100%. It can. But now Ben's going to have a whole I repertoire just, of I know, jokes I was like, we know where Ben's <laughs> That should be your TikTok account. <laughs> yes. Dad, dad jokes from ChatGPT. How to train What does a robot sound like when it's telling dad jokes? Oh, my God. You have the, the ChatGPT app on your phone already? Do I have it? He's been using. Well, I don't know. Is there an actual app? There's an app for it now. Yeah, for your Mm. phone. I I know some photographers are using it to answer emails, and they'll send it to me, and I'm just like, this sounds nothing like you. (laughs) You you can barely like speak full sentences in in person, (laughs) and when when they meet you, they're gonna know it wasn't you. You sound like an idiot. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and I'm just like, you know what? Like, you should really be tweaking it. Like, you should be. Yeah, at least. So, do you social media managers have like that? Interfere that, or I'm sure some of you have that like anxiety that some photographers have of like it's taking my job, it's gonna take over. I think we all do, but I think it comes yeah. from people who are saying it. You know, I, it's gonna take over our jobs. What's your What's your backup? And you know, could it? Sure, robots could take over everything one day. You know, if we let them and we use it. But I think it, I think it can help you in in the base and the outlines and all of that and what you do with that. Is up to you. You know, I saw somebody post on Facebook the other day that they had, you know, been writing content for a company, making a lot of money. They had been let go last year and the company wanted to hire them back to edit all of their AI content for half the cost. If you don't use AI properly and you start to offend people in that way, like that's not going to help you either. So do I think it will take our jobs? No. Will it change them? Yes. Hmm. But people... You want to work with the people who are going to see the value in it anyway. So if somebody's like, oh, I could just, you know, AI could take over the editing. Like, that's not who you want to work with anyway. Yeah. True. I think it just narrows down the exact clientele. Yep. Yeah. yeah. There's, I'm sure it'll affect, like you said, it'll affect some people. But Weird. you got to pivot. Yeah. You know I hate that word, but yeah. <laughs> that's why I said it. <laughs> it's a weird, weird world that we're in right now. <laughs> so... Are you only using ChatGPT or are you using other like Google Bard or Canvas AI? I've used ChatGPT one time. I haven't used anything else. I'm like, eh, I'm good. He used more of the A stuff for like editing. Editing, yeah. Um, we, we, we have a friend that, that uses it. Like he'll create an Instagram. I'm not sure which one he's using though. He'll create like an Instagram post and tell the AI to create a blog post from that. And they'll take all the vendors that he tagged as well and make a blog post out of it. So he still has to go in and write, like, you know, the content, but it at least helps him uh, turn that post into a, a blog. I don't know how that works. I don't know how it makes a blog out of, yeah. like, your two-sentence caption on yeah. Instagram. And so you, on you like, tell it, like, I want this many words, and, you know, I you kind of feed it. But it's—I'm curious to see the future of the legal perspective of it, because it, is that my content? Is that— Right. Chat GPT's content. If I edit something, you know, like I saw Canva has an AI tool now to replace something. Like if I'm holding this cup and like I can, you know, make it hold some product, you know, and, and so are people going to start using it to promote products that, that they're not promoting? And, you know, I just, I'm curious, like from that perspective, what that will look like legally and when that starts to kind of take effect. Yeah. Um, 
So I think it's just something that we need to use with caution, but be open to understanding. <clears throat> so aside from social media, is blogging dead? No. Why? Never. For SEO purposes, for the ability for people to share, you know, if you blog and you send that to the couple and the couple sends it to their family, you know, you're getting it out in the world, not just from a, not just from a clickback perspective and, and reach, but also from a, you know, it's, it's PR, it's getting your name out. Somebody, you know, you send that to the couple, they send it to their, their mom, their mom's, you know, coworkers like, oh, let me see your child's wedding. Mm-hmm. Here's the blog post, you know, cause all the pictures are there. It's easy to pull up. So it's, it's a, it's a real life tool. It's an online SEO tool. It's, um, it's not dead. I hate when people say blogging's dead. Yeah, I don't yeah, think it's too. that either. I don't think it's that either. No. And the people that say it, they just don't want to blog. They're yeah. lazy. And they're the same ones complaining that they have no no work. It's, it is a lot of work um, if you're doing it the right way. Mm-hmm. It is an extra work. It is, it is more than just posting, posting. on yeah, yeah. Instagram, you know? But, mm-hmm. yeah. but we're going to circle back to on this when we talk about, you know, m- m- the, the sales and marketing portion of today's podcast. Yeah. yeah we'll circle back to this. On the blogging bit. aspect. But I guess tying in blogging and social media… Tell us like when people should post, how often, what to do, what not to do. Give us your actionable tips. Yeah. How often, everybody's going to tell you something different, right? I hate when I like speak on a panel and somebody's like, you need to post every day. Or I, I spoke recently and somebody's like, I post TikToks three times a day. And that's really wonderful. That's really great. And I, you know, and that's great for some people. But it, it's a matter of what's manageable because nothing is worse than when like I see people who are like, you know, I had a lot of time and so I like planned on my Instagram feed for two weeks and like here's all the content and then busy season starts or something happens and then the, the Instagram is dead again for like mm-hmm. a few months. And so, yeah, in an ideal world, like we're posting a lot of content, but that's not that's not real. And so there's a, there's a line between like I'm making excuses that I don't have time when I'm just not making the time and I really don't have the time because I'm serving my clients in other ways. So it's about what you can manageably keep up with. And so if you know I have one day a month where I can like make 15 Instagram posts, then you're going to schedule those for, you know, every other day for the month until next month when you have that one day. I think at a minimum, you want to write a blog post. You want to take the content from that blog post and you want to turn that into Instagram posts. You want to turn the the topics that you're writing about in the blog post. You want to turn those into TikTok videos and really just like, what can I like extract from this blog post? And I'm not talking like a real wedding feature. You can do that too, but I'm talking about something that is educational and a topic that people are searching for. Or maybe you are writing a blog post about someone's wedding at a certain venue and you really want to get on their preferred list and you want to put more content out about them. So when people Google that venue they find you or they search that venue on Instagram or TikTok, especially they're finding you. So taking that blog post, taking the topics from it and turning each each section into its own video. Less is more on the video thing. I see people who want to like tell a whole story. Just take those like little actionable tips from a blog post and turn those into several videos and then take that content from the video or even a quote that you said in the video and turn that into a quote post on Instagram or the caption to go with a photo on Instagram and just like one blog post can really get you through, you know, two to four weeks if you uh, want it. That's to. crazy. <laughs> that's a lot of content. A lot of work. Well, that's not your lane. Exactly. That's, your, that's your wife's lane. That's why. <laughs> get on it. <laughs> I think too often people are like, oh, I make one blog post and with that blog post comes one Instagram and maybe one TikTok video and then we have to start over. But it's, we also forget that that people are not 
watching us as closely as we think they're watching us. And so mm-hmm. just because you posted that photo from that wedding doesn't mean you can't post a similar mm-hmm. photo from that wedding several weeks later with something different from that blog post or, you know, a different tip or something that has nothing to do with the wedding, but has something to do with like an actionable message that goes along with something that you learned from that wedding. So not being afraid to put more out there and less, you know, they saw that best image mm-hmm. from the wedding and now we're done with that. The blog post is written and we're moving on to the next thing. Um, and also not worrying about being so timely I find people are like, I didn't blog this wedding from last month and now I've shot two weddings since then and that's the end. I can't, it's it's old now and I can't touch it or I can't post that on Instagram or people saw me post stories last week and so if I don't post that wedding for another couple months, they're going to be like, why did they take so long? Mm. People, they don't. They're they don't. busy. They're, they're watching. busy. They're watching. Right. You know, I, people, people are like, this has to go up now. The wedding's happening. Mm-hmm. I have to post in real time. Mm-hmm. No. You don't. Mm. Look, that's good. It helps relieve a lot of the pressure yeah. we put on yeah. ourselves. Yeah. yeah. Don't use this as an excuse to not do it for the people <laughs> listening. Be like, oh, I only have to write one blog post a month and then I'm done. You know, if you have the time, more can definitely be helpful. But making sure that when you do sit down to write that one, that you really are putting time into it and focusing on the keywords that you want to rank for and, you know, checking your Google Analytics in an ideal world. Um, I hope we're doing that, but I know that that's like a whole other thing. And, um, you know, really making sure that it's serving the purpose that you want it to serve. That was helpful. Really yeah. helpful. What, yeah. What's a good yeah. way to like strategize and plan and schedule like a calendar to like really put out all this content? It really is about how much time you can make for it. Like if you like setting aside at least one day to be like, this is my content. One day take. a week, one day a month. One day a month, at least. Like I would sit down and I would be like, this is what we're going to plan. And then I'm going to write the blog post. And then from there, I'm going to make, I'm going to pull the content out of it. Um, and then plan for the whole month that in that one day, on that one day. Yeah. I mean, if you can, if you have a whole day, for some people, that's mm-hmm. not how they work. That's not how your focus works. I yeah. can't sit down and do one project mm-hmm. for a whole day. That's a lot. So, so for some yeah. people, they're like, yes, this is my content day and I'm done. For other people, it's maybe it's setting aside mm-hmm. 15 minutes, mm-hmm. you know, to plan your content for the week and then like another hour to like make that content. Yeah. yeah. A lot of it, a lot of the time saving comes from not, being as hard on yourself. You know, if you're, once you start getting into like video and you're like, oh, this is like a, a one to two take project versus like I filmed this TikTok 50 times and like maybe <laughs> I like take 45 and now I gotta, you know, crop it and edit it. Mm. It takes more time in the beginning. And I think allowing yourself to factor that in and know that if you keep doing this, you'll save time. Because too often people are like, that took me too long. I'm not doing TikTok Mm -hmm. because I don't have an hour to make a video. But if you do that, that hour will become half an hour. will become 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. And it's about, you know, prioritizing your marketing. And and especially now, you know, I hear a lot of people talk about the – like engagement, how engagements were down because of COVID. So now there's like a lull in weddings because people weren't getting engaged at the same rate that they were, mm-hmm. you yeah. know? So yep. people are kind of like, oh, I'm not booking as many weddings. Yes. <laughs> but if you've been marketing the whole time, then you can feel confident that people will find you uh-huh. when they're ready. Oh, yep. Whereas people are like, well, I'm busy. I'm not marketing because I'm, I'm set right now. But then when busy season starts to die down, it's like, well, how come I'm not getting bookings? You have to make time for the social media, for the blogging, even if you're just like, I hate blogging and I don't want to do this. Mm-hmm. Um, or you pay someone like me to outsource go. it for you. Yeah. But I wouldn't, you know, and, and I think on the flip side, yeah, content's great. 
blogging is wonderful, but if you're somebody who is like, I am sitting in a pile of a hundred weddings and like, I can't even touch that because I can't even fathom like starting that. It's really just about, you know, maybe it's less, I feel like I have to blog every real wedding that I've done and more, Hey, here's three weddings I've done that have central themes and I'm going to make a blog post about that theme, or I'm going to make a blog post about that venue. Uh And here are different weddings that I shot at that venue. Um, So it's less about, you know, I have to get every couple and more, how can I take the content that I have and serve people moving forward? Yeah. I think we're in the industry where we have pretty much the most amount of content. Yeah. To put like We're we are fortunate. so privileged that like yeah. right. we yeah. have a plethora of imagery that we can post on Instagram where other industries suffer like they have to pay accountants, yeah. videographer. Well, videographers now they have video, which is great, but like so many other industries struggle to put their content together. We have a whole library. Yep. Right. So like you said, some people think of a theme, post a reel on your favorite silhouettes or off-camera flash shots or reception mm-hmm. photos. Like, just think of all these things that happen during a wedding day, and that is your post. And you can just have a whole, like, we have all that stuff already. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go searching for it. Now, Emily, you, you mentioned earlier, you know, you sit, have one day, figure out all your content, and then, I guess, either on that day or another day, schedule it all out, right? So, what kind of platform are we talking about when we're scheduling this stuff out? Because, like, for a while, I was using Buffer. I, I have used Hootsuite in the past. I know Meta has a, you know, they have their own little interface where you can schedule stuff on Instagram and, and Facebook, you know, but it's, it's a little clunky for me, but I don't know if that's the same experience for everyone. Maybe I'm using it wrong. So, uh, you know, my understanding is, you know, some, some of these platforms, there's a, I don't know if there's, a, if, there's, if there's like a penalty or some sort when you use these programs uh, that you might get punished on the platform by using these schedulers because I guess they want you to be on these platforms live when you're posting. I mean, like, what's what's the truth in any of this? Wonderful questions. Um, <laughs> so, so many in there. So to start with, like, what do you... What do you use? It's... You know, it's different for every platform because you're right. Like Meta is great, especially if you're not looking to spend money and you can post your Facebook and your Instagram posts for free. Um, You know, but if you're also posting on Pinterest, like now that's another scheduling tool. TikTok is more difficult. There's like only a couple. And then, you know, are you going to post Instagram stories? And are you you making an Instagram story in Canva and it's all done and you're just throwing up one graphic that already has the text? Are you trying to edit it? So it does, it is a, it is personal preference. Are you being penalized? That is the eternal debate. Some people would say yes. I'm sure Meta would love if you scheduled all your Meta content with them. But it also is a matter of, you know, is scheduling going to is help you get out more content? You know, if I'm scheduling my content and that means that I'm posting 15 times in a month versus like I have to sit down and make the time to manually post this and now I'm only posting five, even if you take a hit, that's still not going to be anywhere as big of a hit as only posting a few times because you like had to do it live. That being said, if you are scheduling things, making sure that you're still going in there that day to engage and show up, you know, you can't just like post and ghost. Like you have to go and be social in the social media. As you said, Ben, like you have to put something out there and making sure, especially before you post your next thing that you've responded to comments and you've, you know, make sure that people aren't just commenting into the void on your, on your post. So even if you're going to schedule something, make sure that you still show up on the platform, but also, you know, scheduling is also going to help protect our mental health. We don't want to spend all day on TikTok or Instagram. And so if you even just go in there for five minutes to engage, like we want to make sure that we're not just putting it out there without getting anything back. I definitely like the 
don't post and ghost. I like that, that great. too. That's going to be, uh, I don't know, well. But like, social, <laughs> but socializing, meaning do you have to like comment and engage or can you just like be there and creeping around? <laughs> no, you should, you should comment and engage. But at a minimum, like. She's a stalker. I married a stalker. Like, <laughs> she wants to just come in. Like, she's the ghost and the posting yeah, ghost. Yeah, yeah. She's like, I want to physically ghost and lurk. Um, no, you know, liking photos. <laughs> <laughs> making sure at a minimum that if people comment on your stuff that you're responding. Mm-hmm. And I know that's right. hard because sometimes people will come in and they'll put, you know, some emojis and you're like, what do I say to this? <laughs> you know, Ben wants to like slap them back with a high five emoji, <laughs> but like, you know, making sure that y- you're responding to that and you're liking it, even if it's just like, thanks for liking this mm-hmm. because in a world full of bot comments, like we have to really be grateful mm-hmm. for every real human that yep. has taken yep. even half a second yep. to engage with our content. You know, engagement is down for everyone. And then people are like, oh, I'm bad. I'm not good at this. I My business isn't doing well. And it's it's everybody, but also remembering like, you know, oh, nobody commented on my photo. Well, have I commented on anybody's photos right, in right. the last mm-hmm. week? Guilty. Definitely guilty. Stop creeping. I'm posting and ghosting. (laughs) Be there, engage. Posting and ghosting. And you, and I will say on TikTok, depending on what settings you have, it will tell you when your friends watch your video and don't like it. Um, So you'll know who the real ones are. Is a thumbs down option? No, but like it'll say like seeing it. Yeah, but they're not giving you a, a like. Yeah. It doesn't mean that they don't like it. It just means they didn't, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm lazy to like the double tap too. That's so like, I love my friend's picture, but I'm just like, I scroll so fast, yeah, I'm not even stopping yeah, for yeah. a tap. <laughs> Give them the double tap. Yeah, yeah that's I, what I, I do. double tap more. Yeah, so more tapping. More tapping. tapping. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's so, so much work. <laughs> Much yeah, well, until Chat Chat GPT can double tap for us, like we gotta, <laughs> gotta, gotta put in a little work. Anything else you know? on the checklist that we want to ask Emily? No, I think I think that was it. That was oh my god, all we covered everything. You, you gave us a, gave us a very oh, comp- yes. to give you guys a little oh, context. Oh. Emily gave us a re- she's one of the most prepared guests. Well, actually, I mean, we haven't had that many guys. This is only episode five or six, right? But, <laughs> like she gave us a huge outline of like, hey, these are the things that we can talk about, right? Which one should we talk about? I was like, you know, I think we can cover all of it, and mm-hmm. I can- we did. Yeah. We covered everything. It, it was eye-opening for me, being that I don't handle that department in our business. Clearly not. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, Emily. You've saved our marriage. Uh, I have a newfound appreciation for my no, husband. But, but also, I think if, if I help with like some topics, you know, like it's hard for one person to come up with a million topics and you know figure out ways to come keep putting content out. I think if we sit down maybe like once a month, twice a month, and just brainstorm on stuff that we can do. And you, can ask, you know you can ask ChatGPT to do this for you too. <laughs> once a month, you can just ask yeah. ChatGPT. So Let my husband do the work. The man. same the day that, that you schedule for your dad jokes, I'll come in <laughs> and schedule uh, topics to post. Your dad jokes to pick up on. <laughs> yeah, and even if you look at what people are asking other vendors and mm-hmm. asking other people, you know, and you answer those, it's not... I know you you don't want to follow those kinds of things because you feel like you're copying. But if you see what people are asking, you're providing your own answer. Right. It's not you know people. It's it's good market research to see what people are commenting. Yeah, on I don't have different audiences, and I see people do the same videos all the time. Because we, we have a lot of blog posts that are helpful, and we, we paid a copywriter the last two years to do it. Yeah. To take to take our content that we, we have a magazine that we give our clients when they. You know, on board with us. So that copywriter took all that content and created blog posts. So the content's there. We just have to just make videos Shrink out of it. Shrink them down, yeah. yeah. 
haven't had the time. But yeah, I know, I know. We'll figure yeah. it out. Are you volunteering? I'm posting and ghosting. <laughs> <laughs> we're, gonna, I'm gonna, we're stealing that, Emily. <laughs> we're going to reuse it. We're going to use it. And then we'll give you uh, credit. We'll give you, uh, every time we use it, we'll, we'll, we'll tag you. Give me a tag. <laughs> I'll, I'll double tap back. <laughs> posting and ghosting. You know what? Remember to use that for the caption. Yes. When we, when we write, when we, when we do the <laughs> snippets. Posting, posting and ghosting. ghosting. <laughs> I love it. So good. So Ben, what is your, uh, and I think this ties into what Emily was saying too about um, being active in social media and posting and ghosting. What is your <laughs> sales marketing topic? All right. So as some of you guys know, right, I, I have an educational group uh, where I have weekly lives. And I basically answer questions that, um, you know, some of these are my students and some of these folks are just, you know, folks who are in the group and they have questions about sales and marketing, right? And one of the most popular questions that I ask, one of the most frequent questions that I ask is like, how do I attract more leads? How do I get more clients, right? And then every now and then they'll also leave their websites and their links to their social media and all that good stuff, right? And the thing is, I get this question so much, I, I've already like pre-written <laughs> like two blog posts about you know, how to deal with that issue. You know, if you're not booking clients, if you're not attracting clients, this is what, what you can do, right? And I think one of the biggest problems that I see when people aren't getting clients, and you guys can, you guys can chime in you know, with, with, with your thoughts as well, right? Like usually when people aren't getting clients, it usually either comes down to the product or the presentation. It's going to be one of those two things. Correct. Right? Product or presentation, right? So your, your product has to be sellable. Or both. It could be both too, yeah. right? Your product has to be sellable and then you, know, you need to be able to find the audience for this product and you have to be able to sell it. That's, that's the presentation part of it. And usually when someone's failing in that department, it's, it's going to be one of those two things or both. So recently we had a visitor or user. It, it was it was anonymous. You know you know how Facebook allows you to be anonymous now when you're in the group. So <laughs> annoying. So there was an anonymous Facebook user. He's like, hey, you know, I've been working on my website. Uh, you know, it's been around for about a year, and you know, I, I did all these SEO things. I'm I'm paying for leads. I'm you know I'm on Yelp. I'm on um, Google My Business. You know, I, I pay for all these ads. I'm I'm posting semi regularly or whatever it is. You know, I worked really hard on my copy, but I'm not getting any leads. What's the problem? What's what's going on? Right? I go into the website, and one of the first things that I noticed was that, you know, the photos weren't that great. You know, and it needed some more work. So part of me is like. You know, how do I tell this person that they need to work on their product? <laughs> you yeah. know, like that's probably one of the hardest things uh, that I had to do as a, as a mentor or an educator. You know, like tell someone that it's not so much that their marketing needs work. You know, it's their product needs work. <laughs> no. So what what we were discussing was that this so called anonymous poster had a lot of decades of experience. Or at least, right? at least that's the, what they were sharing. Right. That's what they were sharing on the website. I guess they're not so anonymous anymore because they share the website so we know who this person is. <laughs> 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 right? But, uh, but yeah, they're sharing, you know, they, they're, yeah, they said they had 30 years of experience but the portfolio told a different story. Yeah. yeah. What they were showing on their website was telling a different story. And I think potential clients can see that as well and that goes back to being authentic. Like you were telling me you've been working for 30 years I want to see that portrayed in your portfolio. And not see such like a wider range of images that are, I don't want to say substandard, but you can tell they don't, like you said, speak to that experience. And people can see right through that. Was that person like ever busy? Well, no, apparently that? not. No, because… Uh, for 30 years, there was… He's been struggling for 30 years? 30 what, what years? Is, Why is he still… It's clicked on employment for 30 years? Yeah. Well, I, don't, I don't know. 
they, uh, like, they, they say they picked up the camera 30 years ago. So, so 30 years, they were just not busy. and Or maybe they've been shooting on their own, but they're just now getting into Or maybe the they're shooting world. a different genre. Maybe they're yeah. shooting nature and photography. And maybe now they're trying to expand into weddings. But Because based on what we saw, it looked like only a, a handful of weddings were on his portfolio. Mm-hmm. Um, and shot from a, a second shooter angle. angle. Okay. So, oh. so, so let's talk solution. Yeah. Right? How, how can we help someone? Who's in that boat. Right. Fix the product first. Yeah. Right? So, uh, so my advice uh, during the live, this is what I told, and you guys can chime in, let me know what you guys think, right? So I was like, listen, when you're so close to your product, that's your baby. I call it the Ikea effect. You know, it's beautiful because it's yours. You're so close to it, it's never going to be ugly, you know? And this is the other thing that uh, these people uh, tell me. You know? I say, oh, my, my, my wife says... This my my work's amazing. Other people say that my, my work's amazing. My friends, my, tell, my mom says I'm handsome too. My mom, yeah, my mom, my mom says that her work's amazing. You know, so why am I not getting any clients, right? So, uh, so what I what I suggest is like, listen, why don't you do this instead? Why don't you submit your work for competitions or maybe go into Facebook groups with other photographers, get some feedback, right? And don't be offended when people give you their feedback. Just take it as free advice, okay? How to elevate your work. Right, because that's the first thing. Like, I that would be the first thing that I would do. Like, if if you know, if if your work's not selling, check the product first. Okay, get somebody like a complete stranger. Because if there's anything that we know about strangers on the internet, there's no filter. Right, correct. People's right. gonna tell you. People are gonna tell you how they really feel about this. Yourself. Sucks. <laughs> <laughs> right, but don't take offense to it. Find out opportunities to kind of improve the product. Right. Yeah. Uh, so that's number one. Go join Facebook groups, submit your work for critique and, 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 and feedback and all that good stuff, right? The other thing that you could possibly do is maybe check out other websites or other groups that specialize in the kind of work that you want to do. You know, maybe it's OCF type of portraits or maybe it's candid type of portraits, right? Or whatever it is, find out what the industry standard is, mm-hmm. right? And learn from them. Attend workshops. Go to meetups. Yeah, right? that's always a I also say, a good I tip. also told this, uh, this person to second shoot for others. All right. Learn from some of the more. Well, not even set because. Um, or shadow. If this person's product is not up to par, I don't think a seasoned primary would want them to second shoot. So, as a third shooter, maybe. A third or, shooter or, or assist. Uh, even assist. Um, for cheap. Work for free. For free. Yeah. Free. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, I feel like for us, I did like. When we were starting out, I always felt like our product was better than our marketing. And then it got to the point where we're like, I guess, together, where the the marketing is is as good as our product. Mm -hmm. And we struggled with that for a long time. And uh, I think what helped me like keep getting better was networking with people that were better than me and just like working for them or just like looking at their website, seeing like what I love about their work how I can like, you know, take some of that inspiration and use it to create my own work. And I spent a lot of years trying to copy a lot of people until I was able to find my own style. I I think it's good to get feedback, even if it tears you down. Like it's happened to me throughout the years. And sometimes uh, people are afraid to admit that the product is not there. You're talking to the guy who, uh, the only person in this room who got no awards. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know? I'm the only one who's substandard. Well, actually, no. Industry standard practice, you know? Yeah. It's a wake-up call sometimes when, you know, I know a lot of people that have been around in our area for decades and eventually they start to phase out because they don't change anything. They don't do anything. A lot of times it's pride. Yeah, they don't want to submit for feedback because they're afraid that of what might come back. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I think that's, take it as, it's free training. It's, it doesn't cost you anything to get feedback to improve your product. You know that's what true. I mean? 
So that would, that would be the first thing that I would say. I was like, fix your product first. But assuming that your product is fine, right? Mm-hmm. Assuming that you have a good product or a good sellable product, what would you be? What would be the next step? You know, if if you're, you're struggling for bookings, what would what would you recommend to these type of photographers who have good work? It's 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 not just their mom telling them that they have good work. I, you know, I have a well, we have a big well, we have a strong feeling on paying someone for a custom website paints a copywriter to do your copy. These are things that a lot of people oversee and they see it as a unnecessary expense. But how often are you creating a new website every three to six years? Mm -hmm. So I I don't see why people don't invest in these things. These professionals who can do it. Because they think they can do the best job for themselves, but there are other people that believe it or not can do a better job. Right, but yet they'll buy the newest mirrorless camera that came out that cost $6,000 they'll be the first one to reserve it, pre-order, and they get sent to their house, but they're not willing to spend four to $6,000 on a website or three to 6000 on a copywriter. Mm-hmm. It's my or, or a blogger or a social blogger, media strategist. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right, right. A, a social media, yeah, or anything that they can't do themselves, they just won't want to invest in it. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be the next step, Emily, for someone who's fixed the product, has a good product, but... The zero inquiries. Yeah. What should their first steps be? After they've fixed the product mm-hmm. and fixed all of that. I think it's about making sure that, you know, they're understanding who their ideal client is, because I think a lot of people don't. You know, they think they know who it is, but you know, making sure you understand that and then making sure that like you are putting your work out there, you know, is I don't know. Did you take a look at their social media too or just their website? Um so I actually these uh the question that I posed is actually a combination of three different Facebook anonymous users, and uh, one of them actually one of them had a, uh, only five posts or six posts on Instagram. Uh, another one had zero Instagram presence, mm-hmm. and the other one was actually pretty decent. So I don't know why he's having an issue. I, maybe he's overpriced, or maybe he's not converting them somehow. Yeah, I mean, I would make sure that you're putting yourself out there, and if it's somebody who you know, only has five posts and maybe you're newer and you're like, I don't have that much content that I feel like is social media worthy. That's when you really need to focus on building your, your, your presence and showing up and and making those videos where you're talking to the camera and and posting tips and things like that. I think showing that you add value in addition to your photos, because if it's like my photos are good and I, you know, I'm, I'm doing what I think I'm supposed to be doing, you know, what is it like to work with you? That also might be what's missing. You know, if I see that your photos are great, but I don't know if we're going to vibe well or that we share the same values, like I am going to choose somebody whose photos are great and I know what they're like and I've interacted with them or I at least have booked a call with them because I saw on on Instagram that they, you know, share similar values or they've shot a wedding like this before. So I think building those relationships is where I would go next. Are you are you putting in that work to build a relationship or are you putting your work out there and and hoping that people are understanding what you bring? That was great. A lot of useful information there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a little bit more targeted marketing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Cuz I do agree that I think a lot of times people just they just cast a really wide net. You know, cuz sometimes I'll I'll talk to some folks and I'll I'll ask them who who are you guys targeting? You know, who's who's your target market? And they'll tell me, "Hey, I'm looking for a newly engaged couple with a who likes Pretty photos and have they have a healthy budget? I'm like, no shit. <laughs> you and everyone else, yeah. you know, um, you need to be more specific than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I, when I make them do an exercise for me, 
to get them to kind of niche down and, and narrow down who exactly they're targeting, they think it's a silly exercise. I was like, all right, well, that's <laughs> that's your problem then. <laughs> yeah, are they posting and ghosting? That's probably why. Yeah. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're putting it out there and they're just like, well, we'll see what happens. I see what sticks. You have to go find people and like lead them to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, I think uh, what I shared with these three users was like, listen, you know, you have a very special gift that only a small percentage of the population will appreciate. Okay, that's what you need to show. Okay, you need to be authentic to your brand. You got to be authentic to yourself. That's what you got to show, and that's what you're going to attract. Okay, uh, I share the story all the time where you know my wife and I, uh, when we got married, uh, you know our, our, our wedding photos sucked. So like for our ten year wedding anniversary, um, did you always think they sucked at first? I wasn't completely happy when we got them back. Okay, like yeah, I wasn't. Uh, there were like maybe five or ten photos that I liked. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, we found, we found this guy and we didn't even ask him how much this session costs. We just hired this guy and he shot our photos and uh, we took him out to dinner. And we asked him, hey, listen, you know, do you get clients like us who just do whatever you ask them to and just pay whatever you, you ask them to? He's like, yeah, I get this all the time. I was like, well, how do you do it? He's like, well, you know, I only show what I want to shoot. I'm, I stay true to how I work and how I operate. And the people who like it don't like it. People who don't won't, you know, he's not casting a white nut. He's targeting a very specific small percentage of the population, you know, the population that he is best equipped to serve, right? So that's why I told these three Facebook anonymous users <laughs> that you need to be true to who you are and you have to have a good understanding of the special gift that you have, you know, what you're best equipped to serve, right? Find that audience. Your bait that you have in your hands, it's good for a certain kind of fish. What might be happening here is that you have the wrong bait for the wrong kind of fish that you're trying to get, Right. Sharks eat anything. <laughs> but you, maybe you don't want a shark. <laughs> maybe you want Dory, you know, like a little, you know, uh, happy-go-lucky fish, right? So you have to find the correct kind of fish, the type of fish that your bait, bait's going to attract, right? And mm-hmm. if that fish won't come to you, you got to go. You got to find go, it. Go to that fish. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? If fish won't come to you, you got to go to the fish. And if you did your research properly, you did your market research properly, you'll know exactly where they're hanging out. If you did your homework, you'll know where they're hanging out. What do you guys think? Yeah, I, I think it's overwhelming too to do it. Like for one person to do all that, you know, be the product, sell the product, market the product. It's tough. It, it's not for everyone. I think it's the people who are like, I will work with everyone. Why am I getting no one? Versus like, I will work with this very small specific group of people. Why are they getting everybody? It doesn't mathematically make sense, but it's because they've they've created that message mm-hmm. because they know what they want and they have the right for their fish. Yep. One of those marketing gurus from the 60s or 70s, you know, I think they said, you know, if you're marketing to everyone, you're marketing to no one. Mm-hmm. You have a very specific target audience that you're best equipped to serve. That's, that's a, who you market to. That's a good quote. Yeah, I don't know who quote, who said it. We're going to find out. <laughs> give them credit. <laughs> I had to give proper uh, quote credit. Yeah, but um, but yeah. Yeah, but that anyway, that's my yeah. sales and marketing tip. You know, uh, if, if you're struggling with sales, marketing your product, you're not getting any inquiries. The first thing you got to look at is your product, mm-hmm. right? Make sure it's okay. And I already gave you guys some tips on how to improve your product. Mm-hmm. And then uh, once your product is okay, you're 100% sure that it's okay. Everyone, excluding your mom and your, and your spouse <laughs> and your best friend, right? They tell you that your work is great, right? Next thing we're going to do is, is handle your, your sales and marketing. You know, make sure your SEO is on point. Make sure you're doing all the foundational stuff with SEO, your social media, and your relationship networking, uh, network marketing. Those three things. Are the, I think those are the three pillars of 
any successful yeah. business. Yeah. And Emily gave a lot of really good tips for that part. So yeah. you guys should be all set up for success after this. I know. <laughs> Everyone should be booking clients after this. <laughs> yeah, you guys, yeah. A lot of, a lot of truth bombs. A lot of, <laughs> Gotta a lot be of focused AF today. on those goals. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> all those goals. <laughs> Uh, so today's hot topic is, or we're not going to name names. Um, is it but, Blake from BK again? <laughs> no, it's not Blake from BK. Um, but a fellow photographer friend of ours posted yesterday, I believe, um, that I'm trying to not say his name and not say the venue name. Should I say that he's leaving the venue? I guess that just kind of says what it is. Right? Cutting ties. Oh, he's no longer. Uh, so there's, so there's, so we have a friend of ours. So we have a friend of ours. Uh, he recently posted publicly on Facebook that he's no longer going to be taking any more clients who book a particular venue. All right. He used to shoot at this venue a whole bunch of times. And, you know, over the years, it started to evolve into something that he didn't want to be a part of. You know, he, want, he didn't want to be associated with that brand. Because the thing is, it is important to him that, you know, the people that he works with, even on a professional level, that they align with the values that he espouses and who he is as a person, as a business, as a brand. He can't compartmentalize, you know, his role as a photographer from, you know, the whole wedding day. You know, everyone who's going to be a part of that wedding day yeah, should have the I, same vibe. I think also uh, the events that were happening at this venue were compromising the quality of product that he was delivering. Yeah, so it's interfering another, with his product. So yeah. I, I would have a problem with that as well. Yeah, I agree. Oh yeah, I didn't see it from that aspect. Because in my head, I know it would affect other aspects of the wedding night. It affects the guests. It affects um, the couple themselves. And in my head, I was just thinking, oh, it doesn't bother us. We're just a photographer. Mm. And we've worked there before. It was, we had, there, there was a planner on site, so things ran well. But just imagine if there wasn't a planner No, if there wasn't, site. I didn't think that it does at the end of the day kind yeah, of that affect us. If you got disaster. a bridezilla, you can't do your job as a wedding photographer. No. If you got a groomzilla, you can't do your job. Mm-hmm. So I know it, you have a crappy venue. Yeah. Didn't think of it about that way. Yeah. So yeah. yeah, and they have uh, multiple weddings a day. So guests factory. are constantly going to the wrong wedding <laughs> because there's nobody there guiding people to where they know. need to be. Yeah, uh-huh. and it's, there's no it, parking there either. No, it's no a huge parking. place. Like it's a huge place. They make and also it's not the friendliest neighborhood at night. And they're telling vendors that you have to park blocks away with your thousands of dollars of equipment. There's certain practices that are just like stupid. And, and, and if the venue is not, not looking out for the vendors, then why should the vendors be loyal to to them? So I guess the question is, have you banned venues? Yes. Because you're... Yes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we have to. Yeah. But I guess in a way, because you can learn to compartmentalize, like you said, like I'm the photographer, whatever happens over here is none of my business, but sometimes it does affect us. Or sometimes like this person, did he decide, you know what, I can't agree with the ethics of this venue and I don't want to be a part of a day that can go terribly wrong for a couple. Thankfully, a lot of the venues that we work at, vast, 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 vast majority, 99.99999%, you know, they're in northern New Jersey, New York City. They treat the clients pretty well. They accommodate them pretty well, okay? If there's any kind of like uh, discontent, it's it's usually because they're treating us badly, the vendors, right? Or maybe they're not feeding us. They're not allowing us to use the bathroom. (laughs) They're not allowing us to drink water. You know, they're like yelling at us in front of the clients and stuff, right? Like, you know, that won't fly with me, right? But most of them are taking care of the clients. But in this particular case, I think the clients were being mistreated. Mm -hmm. And that affects my ability to do my work. Yeah. You know, but yeah, but if they mistreat us, that that only has to ever has to to happen once. And I'll never work at that venue ever again. Mm -hmm. For us, it's been like, Logistics, like if uh, I feel like some of the wedding venues that we have uh, put in our shit list have been weddings, have been venues that have multiple weddings at a time. 
and where they're limiting where you can go, what you can do. And at that point, you're just like, where the hell can I go then? Like, like what can I use to take family photos? And they're telling you, like, you know, figure it out. Like, when <laughs> shit, when stuff like that happens, it's like, I'm not working here again. Like, number one, it's affecting what I'm delivering. Mm-hmm. The client might not be able to tell, but at the same time, it's like, it's just uh, a very bad, it leaves a bad taste in my mouth yeah. when when they're treating us like nobodies and just like, oh, no, you can't go here. You figure it out. Yeah. Like, it, it's it, a collaborative effort. The thing is, I don't know, like, we're all part of the same team. We're all, we all want the clients to have a... A great product at the end of the day, right? right. Whatever if they're it is in a good mood, that's when we can are able to get the best out of them, right? You know, I'm not trying to compromise their product either. You know, I understand what they're trying to do. They're trying to, you know, segregate all the all the couples that they have on the process, uh, on the premises. You know, and I understand their point of view, but you put us in a you know you put us in a hard spot. What do yeah. you want us to do? You know what I mean? And, and it wasn't like just this person that was, you know, uh, uh, other people were stating similar um, experiences mm-hmm. after they made a post. So, it, it, you know, they're doing it. They've been doing it for a while now. Actually, it's a worst kept secret. Have you read those these one-star reviews? I did. So it's when I go to the Google and it just sourced by, and I'm sure this probably what happens to a lot of brides, they go, it's sorted by most relevant and the first like 10, 15 or five stars. But then most people like me don't filter. And once you click like, newest or lowest then you see like the real mm-hmm. story behind mm-hmm. the scenes of what's going on and you're like wow some yeah, shadiness see, see the thing is with the knot and wedding wire you can it's not that they pay to remove the reviews but it's like it's very vendor friendly to be able to remove reviews right yeah mm-hmm. but google reviews you can't remove them mm-hmm. that's the one thing about google reviews all you can do is respond to them right and if you look at the responses from the venue, because the venues have uh, the opportunity to respond, oh, right? Oh, their they're nasty. Were crazy. They were nasty. It's <laughs> yeah. so like, oh, it's not our problem that you did this and that. Oh, like, let, let me get this straight. So you said this and you got that instead, but it's actually your fault, right? I'm like, are you kidding me? This is when they should have someone. They should have a lawyer or yeah. a PR team yeah. answering yeah. these questions. Because it's a venue that like is so unique and people love it for that reason, but it's also falling apart and like. <laughs> Wait, wait, it's you're a little too, dangerous. You're saying too much now. I think there's only one venue. All <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to say is that when I worked at this venue, I logged 17,000 steps. Yeah, it's a lot of <laughs> Say no more. Yeah. We've already done the naming yeah. of the venue. Well, when I worked at that venue, I tested positive for asbestos. So I'm oh. kidding. <laughs> I, I did get COVID out of the venue. You did get there. COVID at that wedding <laughs> at the venue, actually. So now this venue is spreading COVID too, huh? All right, I get it. <laughs> I, oh, you know what? You know, in the corner of the main room, you're also a big pile of dog shit. You know, oh, no. I don't even know how I got there. You know, <laughs> we've said too much. Uh, so, Half the toilets weren't even working. You know, and then like, what's, what, what's the moral of the story here? I guess as a photographer, decide if you're willing to put yourself in these situations, even though it might not directly affect you, but it it can affect your. Product. It's affecting your money. Because you're turning away work now. Yeah, so it's it depends on on your ethics and what you feel is to do best for yourself and for your couples and, and for, for your business and for your business, mental yeah. sanity. For your mental sanity, yes. For peace of mind, that's all we want. We yeah. all we want to do. All we want to do is just enjoy our work, right? Yeah. Like just do do what we love and and not have any headaches while we're doing it, you know. And this this venue is giving everyone a whole bunch of headaches. I can't wait to read the reviews when I go home. <laughs> Oh, you haven't read the reviews? No. Oh, they're juicy. Yeah. They're good. <laughs> I can't wait. 
<laughs> Emily, do you know which venue we're talking about? No, but when we stop recording, it's going to be coming. Oh, we will. <laughs> All right. Awesome. So anything else are we going to cover today? Any fashion tips? Anything like that? No. No? But, but I fell yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kelly. Uh, yeah, not only did Karis have to work with Ben Lau over the weekend, but then she got herself injured. She got in a fight with because a bush. Because of Ben Lau. Ben Lau made us go biking. <laughs> <laughs> and Karis, uh, while she was uh, riding her bike, she was uh, riding was her bike with... I biking and recording. <laughs> this is why. <laughs> and then she lost control of the bike, got into a fight with a tree and lost. <laughs> And then, and then and you know, then I'm already, I'm already at the parking lot, right? So Karis comes down so the ben, path. Ben, like leaves. He us. loved you. Ben, no, ben, I was already at the parking lot. So ben and Aiden go always leaves us. I, I, I'm stuck with Grayson. <laughs> <laughs> He's stopping every other second, and I gotta like restart him. <laughs> so he was doing really well, right? I was like, oh my god, I'm so proud of him. So I was like, oh maybe I can record, right? <laughs> so I like unzipped my you know little bag and took the phone out. I was like, oh my god, and I unlock my phone. I was like, oh my god. I'm doing this right. So recording, recording, going like a few seconds later. I'm like swerving. I'm like, okay, I'm going down. <laughs> I'm like, ah, oh, this is it. Ben left you guys behind. And then so, you know, the funny, the funny part of this is she's coming down because she crashed, right? Uh, her bike so and her course, handlebar was course, like of this. Course, out of like all the spots, I could crash. Like there was like whole like log of tree that fell. I crashed like oh right God. next to it. <laughs> and then my bike handle like turned. So if She's, I was if I was wanted to go straight, the handle was like the right, <laughs> She's yeah, right. She ran a bike with a crooked <laughs> handlebar. I don't even know. We could ride back right on fire over here. <laughs> I was like, when she came to the park, and I was like, what the hell happened to you? <laughs> she got like twigs in her hair, <laughs> leaves. I was like, we made it alive. Poor Karen. But did you post the video? We That's, love the yes. commitment to the content. I, I posted yeah. the video of Grayson writing <laughs> peacefully. I was like, why did you stop recording when you were falling? That would have been gold, you know? Like, oh my God, look at him. <laughs> <laughs> and then a tree and the gravel. Yes, that would have been great content. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Oh my God. So, yeah. um, thank you, Emily. For coming on, thank you, thank you, thank you for putting up with us. Oh yes. my god, yes. and the dad jokes and the pickup lines. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna lose Ben to ChatGPT later. <laughs> can you let our listeners know where to find you? Yeah, they can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Emily Rochot. R O C H O T T E is my last name, and then you can find me at EmilyRochot.com. And maybe I'll put some fun freebies on emilyroshot.com slash focused AF. So we're going to get some free. So I'm going to post uh, all her links in our show notes. And mm-hmm. I'm also going to post links maybe to her freebie uh, just for our listeners. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And awesome. uh, you guys get to take some of these tips that Emily shared with us and implement into your business. Yeah. And hopefully, uh, well, actually not hopefully, but we'll know that uh, we'll help bring some success mm-hmm. into your business. Definitely. Very helpful. Awesome. Well, uh, guys, thank you so much for joining us today on today's episode. Uh, Hopefully, you guys learned a whole bunch about social media and blogging and all that good stuff. And hopefully, we got some good stuff that you guys can implement into your business. Uh, If you guys want to download this episode or any other episodes, uh, you guys can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Google, Apple Podcasts, wherever fine podcasts are downloaded. You guys can also follow us at focused.af on Instagram. You guys can also check out our bloopers and behind-the-scenes stuff at focused-af.com. 
And on that note, are you guys supposed to say yes? Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> We're more focusing on you, Ben. You know what? We need to write this part down. I, yeah, I, 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 I was going to say, maybe we should put it on the wall or something. <laughs> you, the producer you lost would say, you lost. I told you that the first time, but you guys will listen. Have chat GPT generate a closer <laughs> yeah. for you. We fuck this part up every week. Well, last time you closed, though. Yeah. You know Solid what it effort. is? It's because there's a dash and there's a dot. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. Well, I guess we're focused there. Thank you guys for visiting. I'm Jen. This is Ro. I'm Ben. This is Karis. <laughs> Have a good one, everybody. Adios. <laughs> Bye. Focus AF is a fun, business-focused podcast for wedding creatives. Co-hosted by award-winning husband and wife wedding photography teams, Ben and Karis. And Jen and Ro, where we help fellow wedding creatives with their sales and marketing. With laid-back conversations and real talk with some of our most favorite people in the universe. And with that being said, are you focused AF? I am focused AF today. We are focused AF. I think I might be focused AF. <laughs> Welcome to the Focus AF podcast.